שבוע טוב, שלום עליכם. To all of you listeners of this great station, station of דברי מוסר, דברי הלכה, דברי תורה. This is Rabbi Elbaz from SLC. I'm going to say something about uh, Shabbat, which is around the corner. And there's in a little bit of time, maybe I'll mention a chidush or two about uh, Parashat Bamidba. It says in Masechet Shabbat, Amar Rabbi Yushua ben Levi. Rabbi Yushua ben Levi said, When Moshe Rabbeinu went up to the heavens, the Malachim, the angels, said to Hashem, Master of the universe, what's the human being doing over here? It belongs in the earth, not up there. Hashem said to them, Lekabel Torah He came to receive the Torah. So they said to him, the ministering angels, Such a beautiful treasure that you have, which really has been stored for 974 generations, not years, generations. And you want to give it to a human being? So Hashem... The Borei Olam said to Moshe, answer them. What's the answer? Amal Ifanav is very simple, he says. Ibono Shilona. Torah she'ata noten li maktiba. What is written in the Torah? Let's look at the Ten Commandments. It says, Anochi Hashem Elokecha Asher Hoseticha Me'eris Misraim. I'm your God. Took you out of the land of Egypt. Okay, you angels, were you in Egypt? Were you slaves to Pharaoh? Again, what's written after that? Lo You should not have any Abu Dazara, no foreign gods. Ben Goyim Atem, Shruim. Were you among the Goyim that were doing Abu Dazara? Next, Zachorit Yom Shabbat Likadesho. Shabbat, you need a day, you need a day of rest. The Malachim have a day of rest. Kabelet Abicha Vitimecha, honor your father and your mother. You have a father, you have a mother, and so on and so forth. So the Malachim Hodulo. The Malachim, yes, they admitted to Akadosh Baruch Hu, it's true. It does belong to the human beings. But now the question is, the Malachim knew beforehand. They knew. I mean, the Torah was there for 974 generations. They knew that the Torah was supposed to be for the human beings. So why are they asking all of a sudden now? And the answer is the following. What they really, really had in mind is, okay, it's not for the Mitzvot. The Mitzvot don't belong to us. But there is such a thing as just learning the Torah for the sake of learning Torah. Being that Torah is spiritual, perhaps that they, it should stay up and they will be studying it. Just studying it. Well, actually, that really is not the purpose of the Torah. The Hachamim tell us that really Limut Torah is supposed to 
accomplish three objectives. Three goals. Number one, we study the Torah in order to learn the mitzvot. We know what the mitzvot are in order to be able to fulfill them. You cannot do a mitzvah, you don't know what it entails. Well, you can go to a rabbi and tell you, but it's a lot better. If you learn it yourself, then you'll know what to do. That's one objective. Another objective, to use it as an antidote. Antidote to, com to combat Yitzhara. The HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Barati Yitzhara u Barati Lotablin. I created the Yitzhara, but I also created something against it. And what's that? The Torah. A person has Yetzirara, you go to the Bet HaMidrash, you learn Torah. That's the second objective. And another one, which is very interesting and very important, to turn over Gashmiyut to Ruchniyut. Turn over the materialistic into the spiritual. Remember, we're human beings, it's true, but our functions our bodily functions are no different than the animal. Therefore, there is something that we have to do to put us over the animals. Something spiritual. The Torah accomplishes that. You know what's interesting? In Masachet Pesachim, the Gemara says, Hakol modim nami lachem. Everyone agrees that on Shabbat you have to have lachem. What does that mean, lachem? It means that you have to do, you have to eat and, and drink and, and sleep and all that, even though this is the, the, the day of the Torah. The Gemara says, My tama, why? Because Yom Shinit Nabo Torah. This is the day that the Torah was given, therefore you have to have lachem. You have half of it should be half should be to Hashem for tefillot, Torah learning, learning, reading Telim, whatever, and half lachem. Eat and sleep and drink and whatever. Why? You would expect just the opposite. The day of the Torah, you should it should say, well, this day you should learn Torah all day long. No, it says no. This is the day that you're supposed to have lachem. Well. Why this is teaching us something? There is, we have to fuse, we have to connect to attach the Gashmiyut to the Ruchniyut so that we elevate the Gashmiyut itself to be like Ruchniyut. Actually, it says, the Pasuk says, Hashamayim Shamayim Lachem, Vehaaretz Natan Libni Adam, meaning the heavens. You know, it's for Agadosh Baruch Hu. But the, the, the earth, Libne Adam, Hashem gave it to the, to the people, to the human beings. But then, somewhere else it says, Lashem Sumloa. Hashem, the, the whole earth belongs to Hashem. This is some kind that appears like a contradiction. So in one place he said, no, the heavens for Hashem. The earth is for the Bnei Adam. But here it says Lashem that the whole earth and everything else it belongs to Hashem. So how how do we resolve this contradiction? The Gemara says very simple. 
כאן קודם ברכה, כאן אחר ברכה. I have an apple in my hand. This apple is גשמיות, it's materialistic, it's a physical thing. Belongs to Hashem. If I make a beracha before, then I eat it, then it's already given to me by Hashem. Hashem says, okay, now it's yours. If I make a beracha, I take that apple now, that is something materialistic, and I elevate it. We go from Gashmiut to Ruchniyot. There's something very, very interesting, and this is the thing that we have to to understand that even though we are physical beings, but there are some things we can do to elevate us more, to lift us up to the realm of spirituality. Let me, let me tell you an example, very interesting. You know, the, the Kohen Gadol on Yom Kippur, he goes to the Kodesh HaKodashim. Once a year, he goes into the Holy of Holies in the Beit HaMikdash. Now, we're talking about the holiest man, Kohen Gadol. We're talking about the holiest day, Yom Kippur, and the holiest place, which is the Beit HaMikdash, Kodesh HaKodashim. And the Gemara specifies that that Kohen Gadol must be married and he must have a wife. He must have a wife. He doesn't have a wife. He cannot do anything on Yom Kippur. Something Gashmi. Still, we say we elevate it. And not only he must be married, they even prepare for him another wife just in case this wife might die or something would happen to her. He has to have another wife prepared for him. All this in the holiest day of the year. We want to elevate everything to become Ruchniyut. The Rambam says, a person should do everything in his life for the sake of Hashem. What does that mean? Do everything for the sake of Hashem? What if I want to go to work? What if I want to go uh, on vacation? What if I'm eating? What do I do? How do I do these things? I want to go to the center and I want to exercise. How do I do this for the sake of Hashem? Very simple. Very simple. You want to go to work? Fine. You have to. You have no choice. You have to make panasa. But you, in your mind, I am going to, to work for panasa in order that I should satisfy my duties for the family and I will have time so that I can learn Torah. Yeah, that's what it is. Everything is for, this, for that purpose. I'm going on vacation or I'm going to exercise in order to keep my body healthy so I can serve Hashem better. There are some people that go to exercise because they want to build muscles. But that is not, that is not the objective here. The goal is that you want to be healthy so you can serve Hashem better. That's the whole idea. You eat, yes. Make a beracha before you eat. And, make, and if you eat bread and so on, you make berkat amazon or whichever beracha is after. Now that thing belongs to you. 
You've elevated that thing to the spiritual. I read once a, uh, a little story about uh, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenitsky, Allah v'shalom. It was uh, one of the uh, uh, Torah giants of his generation. And they had built a yeshiva in Eretz Israel, which was for the children, only for kids. And everything that they built in that yeshiva, everything was geared only towards the kids. Now, kids are obviously, they're shorter, they're smaller. So they, the chairs that they had uh, were lower type of chairs in order to fit the kids, little kids. And the benches, the same thing. Everything, everything was built, tailored to the children. So now, being that it was for the kids, uh, uh, at the doors, they put mezuzah. And as we all know, mezuzah has to be at least a little bit above the two-thirds from the ground of the, of the door. And up, but at, at least above that. But what they decided to do, in order to be able for the kids as they go in and out, to, uh, to touch the mezuzah and kiss it, they put it much lower so the kids can reach it. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenitsky came and he visited the whole place. He told him, Hazaku Baruch, he did a great thing, but you know something? Whatever you did for the mezuzah is wrong. You don't bring down the mezuzah for the kids. Let the mezuzah where it's supposed to be, to teach them what it has to be, and then build a two-step Thing there so that they can go up the two steps and be able to kiss the mezuzah. That's the way to do it. We go up to the spiritual. We do not bring the spiritual down. You know, we have, for example, uh, by the Sefaradim, uh, we have this this, uh, this Sifre Torah, there are boxes and, and uh, we have what we call Rimunim that we put on top. So when a person takes out the Sefer Torah, someone else is supposed to put the rimonim on. It's a kavod. It's an honor. But many times we give it to the children to put the rimonim on. Now you have a choice. Either the person who's carrying the Sefer Torah goes lower so the kid can put it on, or we lift the kid and we bring him up and he puts it on so that Torah stays where it is. And that's what we do. We never bring down the Sefer Torah for the child. We want to teach the child. No, you go up for the Sefer Torah. This Ruchniyut, the Gashmiyut that we have, we must at all times bring it up. When we do that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings his Shekhinah on us too. And this is what Bemidbar is about. It's a good lesson that we're going to learn from Parashat Bemidbar. Parashat Bemidbar, of course, is called Chumash uh, Pekudim, uh, you know, the uh, the Chumash of the numbers, because there's a census over there twice, here in Parashat Pinhas. But the question is, first of all, why is Akadosh Baruch counting them now? Secondly, 
Why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu wait 30 days before the counting of the Bnei Israel? In Chodesh Nisan, there was a Mishkan, and now there's Chodesh Iyah. It says, but Chodesh Hashini, Chodesh Iyah, now he's doing the counting. Once he had the Mishkan, do the counting already. The answer is the following. We want to have what we call Dirat Keba. We want to have a Shekhinah. A Shekhinah has to have a Dirat Keba before it can call it as a permanent Shekhinah. It's the same thing when a person buys a home or rents an apartment. He has 30 days before he, can, he puts the mezizah, the mezuzah on the doorpost. He could do it in the second week, third week, or the fourth week. Why? Because after 30 days, it becomes dirat keva, and then he, he, he's violating the, the misvat asev mezuzah after 30 days. But now it's dirat keva. He's got to put that mezuzah on. Before that, no, if we go happen to be renting a place for two, three weeks, you have to put the mezuzah on. If it's more than four weeks, then already it is, becomes a dirat keva. So this is why he's counting them now, because he said, Be'midvah Sinai, Be'ohel Mo'ed. Be'ohel Mo'ed, where the Shekhinah is. In order to have the Shekhinah, you have to have Dirat Keva. The Mishkan started Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Now it's 30 days later. Now it's Dirat Keva. Now he counts them. And the reason for the counting is this. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is not putting his Shekhinah because it's already Dirat Keva, going to be permanent Shekhinah. In order for that to happen, you must have a minimum of 22,000 people. Where do we know this from? From the Pasuk. Ubnocho Yamar, Shuva Adonair Bebot Alfei Israel. What does that mean? One pshat is, come back Hashem, and bring the Shekhinah on the Rivevot Alfei Israel. What does Rivevot Alfei Israel mean? Revava means 10,000. When you have Rivevot, it's plural, but we have a cloud, a generality, Me'ut Rabim Shnaim. When you have a Rabim, then it's, it's usually we take it as two. So two Rivevot will be 20,000. Then it says Alfei Israel. Again, Alfei in plural. Meot Rabim Shnaim, that's 2,000. And 2,000 plus 20,000 is 22,000. Akadosh Baruch brings a Shekhinah when there is 22,000. So we see from here uh, that the count is there in order to show that each Shevet and Shevet had a minimum of 22,000 so who can put his Shekhinah over them. Another interesting thing about this counting is this. If you look at the, uh, the results of the census, you will see that the tribe of Dan had 62,700. The tribe of Binyamin had 35,400. We see that Dan is almost, you know, almost twice as much. Ah, wait a minute. 
when they came down to Mitzrayim, Bishivim Nefesh Yardu Abotenu Mitzrayim, they had 70 souls, 70 people that came down to Mitzrayim. Right? And at that time, there was a Heshbon in the Torah. Binyamin had 10 children, 10. Dan had one child, Hushim, Ubnedan Hushim, and he was deaf. And from this one child deaf, he had almost twice as many children here now as Binyamin, who had 10 kids. We see from here, people, when they see something, they say, oh, this, oh, 10 kids, oof, it's going to be a big thing. No, it is not what you think and it's not what you see. It's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu decides. Hashem has his own ways. We don't understand the drachim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but he's got, this is what it is. When you see something, and you said to yourself, how could this happen? Don't ask. Because Hashem wants it to happen. It must be that He knows what He's doing. It's happening because Hashem wanted it to happen. We have to have complete bitahon and complete emunah Hashem that what He's doing, He's doing it the proper way. Let me tell you another thing. Look at the count of the Levim. 22,000. The Leviim were counted not from 20 years on, from one month on. And they only had 22,000. The least of all the tribes. Less than all of them. How is that possible? Why? The Leviim, Mishate Hashem, they do not have well, at least here, the Ramban gives us an answer. He says, you see, during the Shi'abud Misraim, when the Bnei Israel were slaves to Pharaoh, they were being oppressed and persecuted by, by Pharaoh. Shevet Levi was not in the Shi'abud. He was... It was out because there was Levi, Shabbat Levi. That's, that's something that's like uh, even uh, the actual Goim, the priests uh, oh. uh, in Egypt, they, they, were, uh, they didn't work. They, they were on their own. So Shabbat Levi, which is uh, something Kadosh supposedly, which is with Misharteya Kadosh Baruch Hu, they, they did not, they didn't work. And the Torah says, Ken Yerbe Vechen Yifrotz. As much as the Egyptians were oppressing the Bnei Israel, as much as Yirbeh, the Bnei Israel multiplied. The more oppression, the more multiplication. But Shebet Levi didn't work. Therefore, the Ken Yirbeh Becheni Frots does not apply to him. Well, this is this is a, a very interesting that we see a lesson we learn from here is don't look at just what you see. Rely in the ways of Akadush Baruch Hu. 
I heard once a, a very short story about this man who was working all week long outside of the house, out of town. Only on Shabbat he came home. And like among the Ashkenazim, before Mosai Shabbat, they read, some people read the Helim. As a matter of fact, some Sfaradim do that too. And this man, whenever he came for Shabbat, when he came to the Tehillim part just before Mosai Shabbat, he would really pour his heart and cry. Cry very hard. So one time, after Mosai Shabbat, another man saw him there. He says, listen, why, why you know, why are you pouring your heart? You're crying so much. What's, what's the problem? And he answers him, see, I have a daughter already that's I'm looking for a shidduch for her for years now. Can't get a shidduch. Why? Because I'm poor. And nobody wants her. And during the week I'm not here, I don't see anything. When I come home and I see her, by the time I start reading Tehillim, I, I, I feel so bad, I start crying to Hashem to help me out. He says to him, you know, I'm also a poor man. You have a daughter, I have a son. Let's make the Shidduch, let them get married. And from that union came four great Talmidei Hachamim. Among them, the Ksota Hoshen. Those of you who know the Ksota Hoshen was great, great, great sage and Talmid Hacham. Rabot Mahashabot Belev Ish. You never know. Don't question the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Sometimes from, this, from something that you don't know, you're doing something and you don't know what it is, but from that thing can also come a lot of good. So Rabbutai, one thing we know for sure that always will bring us good thing and that is the study of the Torah and the fulfillment of the mitzvot. And this is what Shavuot is all about. Kabbalat Torah, a renewal of our commitment to Torah study and to the fulfillment of the mitzvot. And Be'ezat Hashem, if we do that, then there's no doubt that the Mashiach Sitkenu will be coming uh, very soon. I'm making a song. I'd like to, again, tell the people, if you're interested in this kind of shi'urim, I always have a shi'ur before Minha, one hour before Minhat SLC on Parashat Shavua. Do not forget, please, this beautiful station here. Try to help out. They need help. And if you need, if you have any need for a, a hall for a simha, please contact us. Tiskula Miswot, Shavua Tov Lechem.